Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the legendary lost sectors and what I think about them, how they could make them a little bit better, or also some of the things I think are, are good about them. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm usually live when these hit all the various feeds. If you want to listen to this podcast as a podcast, just look up SNTR Presents in all the places that do podcasts, or if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell button. Those are all a great way uh, to help me out and support me. So we're going to be talking about the legendary lost sectors and why I think, first of all, I think they're a good start. I know people are being kind of hard on them, but I want to talk about why I think they're a good start. Secondly, I want to address the the criticisms of, oh, it's just another reskin. It's just a reskin. And then lastly, I want to say, I think this is kind of a good format if they are going to comb over the game in different places, adventures and other things. But I also want to lean in and push a little bit on it and say that there's more that they could be uh, doing. So first and foremost, I think this is a good start. If they're going to repurpose content, especially unused content, I think this is probably a pretty good start. I don't don't think a ton of people are frequenting these Lost Sectors in particular. I mean, there's a couple known Lost Sector farms that people use. There's the one on the moon. There's the one on Mars. Uh, You know, there's a handful that people that like to use. I like to use the one on Nessus if I need to get a grenade kill because you can pop the Vex heads off and they all come to you and kind of crowd around and you throw one grenade down and get a bounty done fairly quickly but I actually think this is a good target if they're going to target something that's sort of not engaged with I'd be interested to see just how many players in the last you know six months ran any of these lost sectors with any regularity so the people that are like you know I don't like them repurposing stuff it's like I actually think this is a good target that also is going to tie into some of the things I'm going to say later about adventures it also creates what I think is a nice ritual sort of a daily ritual you clear the bunker and then it's a new legendary lost sector once all you know once all the bunkers are up and running i'm assuming it's going to be different legendary lost sectors on each one because presently all the ones that we're doing are on the edz so when we're on another planet we'll be interacting with their lost sectors and there'll be a cycle of those each day that's something that i do think seasonal content needs to continue to lean in on i think a daily ritual is good that's great for the people that play every day if you're not playing every single day well it doesn't really matter Matter, right you log in you can kind of do that to kickstart whatever play session you're doing and then move on to your other things and so it's kind of there as a spectrum offer if you're literally playing monday through friday every day you have that daily ritual to kind of kick things off and start you clear the bunker and then when you're done clearing the bunker you can kind of move to the legendary lost sector I also think it's going to become a really really good currency grind once you're at the power delta of the legendary lost sectors and doing them a lot easier they're actually not too bad right now but people are generally sort of skipping past a lot of uh, the enemies and a lot of the content but once you're at the level and can actually kill things with a reasonable amount of efficiency it'll probably be a really good currency grind you'd be able to grab the repeatable bounties go into a legendary lost sector and treat it like a lost sector work on your bounties while you're in there switching weapons using different weapons to get those bounties that's going to make it a really nice currency grind you know you're getting you know 10 or so at the end and then when you're doing that um you're able to do you know to get to uh to get the currency grind uh going and then that enables you to get the weapons and the frames a little bit more often hang on i dropped my piece of paper trying to send a text message to my wife it's uh talking q a time the kiddos are being a little loud sorry about that uh the background noise they're playing right above me can't wait to get into the new home so i don't have to deal with this anymore i'll have a soundproofed uh studio we're almost there (laughs) it's a couple more weeks so 
Um, again, a good start is kind of the front now. I want to address, though, if I if I say this, I'm like, oh, this is a good start. This is a good reuse of content. Almost assuredly, you're going to have people saying things like, well, it's just another reskin. They're just reskinning content. I'm tired of them reskinning content. Truth be told, most of us are barely interacting with these lost sectors at all, especially the ones that they're using. I don't know about you, but I am not frequenting these lost sectors. I barely have ever gone into them. You know, they're, they're, they're content that's barely touched. And... I think with what they've done to them, they they feel like a good little mini mission, right? It's 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 not it's not like I'm going somewhere where I've been a thousand times before. Like, oh, this is just a this is just a glimmer public event. This is just a this is just the Mars Lost Sector. Now, hopefully, when we go to the other planets, they choose some of the lost sectors that are a little bit longer, a little bit more complex. I think that serves the content better. But the it's just a reskin comment is kind of dumb because. This is content that we barely interact with. Same with adventures. If they expand this to adventures, there are so many of the adventures that you don't even touch. That's like that's just such an empty criticism. Like, well, it's something that we've done before. And it's like, right, but barely. Like, we barely touch them. And so I would say this is not the time to get out the whole reskin criticism, especially in light of what we know they're going to be trying to do. They're going to be trying reinvigorating and reinvesting in core activities, and I think this is sort of their first step in that and in kind of trying to see if it will work. They also feel totally different with champions, javelins, and giant robots. Like, it definitely does not feel like a lost sector. It doesn't feel like this, oh, I'm just running through and one-shotting everything. There's champions is a power delta there's robots there's there's the valkyrie javelin you can grab uh, it, it does i think it feels really really good as sort of an extra piece of content and again the reskin criticism just feels empty because i don't feel that this content gets almost any attention from people uh, in the grand scheme of things i think people are almost taking this is where i get frustrated with the community a little bit it's like you're not opposed to the content itself you, you're sort of philosophically opposed with them reusing anything. It's like, well, how many times have you run that lost sector? I don't know, twice? Okay, well then why is it so bad? Why is it bad for them to reskin? It's almost like you're you're getting ideological about it. You're philosophically opposed to them reusing something so when they do it, it doesn't matter how familiar the content is to you. It doesn't matter how much you've engaged with it. You're just going to use the reskin argument because there's a, like there's this disconnect in the community right now where unless, if, unless it's brand new, it's bad content and truth be told if these were all new lost sectors if they designed completely new lost sectors for this they'd be familiar within a day or two anyway so what's the difference I'd rather them give us more content quantitatively because they can actually get more done when they do this as opposed to trying to create a bunch of brand new lost sectors that after a few days we're like yeah they're super familiar and not to mention not only are they super familiar but we'd get less of them if we asked them to create only brand new legendary lost sectors so you'd end up with less things and less content Lastly, let's talk about how this is a good format. When I think about the future, and you know, Luke Smith says they want to reinvest in core activities, they want to kind of do that. The first thing I thought of was adventures. If you go to any planet, and if you haven't done them yet, they're kind of all over the place. I wish I had the ability to show you all of the adventures. There are actually a lot of adventures on every single planet, and a lot of them are pretty unique missions with good, with, uh, honestly, really, really good audio and good backstory. I wish they would have been included in the initial campaign. That would have made the campaign quite a bit longer. 
uh, and then nobody would want to run the campaign three times. I, personally, I think they should have had you run the campaign once on one character, include all the adventures. It would have like tripled the size of the campaign, but then only require you to run it one time. I think that would have been a better treatment of all that content. But in light of that, I don't think a lot of people have touched adventures. I don't think a lot of people have done them. And some of them are actually unique missions that take you to places and things, and you're, you're fighting enemies in, in environments that you have really not ever gone to. It's not like a strike that you've run 2,800 times for a you know for a drop or something so I would love to see them expand this to adventures in future seasons uh, and even some of the bigger lost sectors I'm hoping that the moon ones will actually be end up pretty good I think the moon lost sectors are some of the lost sectors um, the, the, the moon lost sectors are some of the best lost sectors in the game they're fairly large they're they're like miniature missions miniature strikes and some of them even have mechanics in them you know shooting the crystals and the one on the moon you know get the, to get the ogre I would say though we should probably see some type of matchmaking for this content. It's not a it's not a nightfall, it's not a raid, it's not trials. I think this content should have matchmaking. Obviously, you should require a certain power level so that you're not, you know, oh, I'm a thousand, you're dragging some 920 person through a thousand level content. Require some kind of light level, and I think adding matchmaking, you know, would be nice. It's not even a darkness zone. Yeah, exactly. It's not even a darkness zone. You can't even you can't even traditionally wipe. So it's like I you know, I I would say it's, they could add matchmaking in the future. More than likely, they just kind of copy pasted the adventure structure, and that doesn't have matchmaking. And I would think they would want to add that in the future, whether it is an adventure or a lost sector that they're making quote unquote legendary. Uh, I would also say more mechanics. I like the Valkyrie, I like the robot. I think there could be more mechanics added to add some of that depth, as well as an incentive to actually kill and clear the lost sector. Presently, in traditional Destiny fashion, you don't actually have to fight any of the enemies or do anything. You can kind of bum rush to the end uh, and just kill the boss and then open the chest. I would love to see them change that. I would love to see them actually incentivize incentivizing you to kill and clear, whether that gives you points and the points contributes to your currency from the chest. So then it becomes an even better currency grind if you're actually killing the enemies because it starts to feel sort of like, a yeah, just run past everything and then uh, you know, just run past it all. And then we'll uh, and then we'll be able to we'll be able to to do what we want. We'll just grab the chest over and over again. So I think matchmaking would be a huge improvement. Uh, more mechanics would be nice, and then actually incentivizing and motivating us to kill and clear the entire lost sector. So I like it. I think it's good content. Uh, if it's just that daily ritual, it's not meant to be super substantive. It's just something extra for you to do. That adds the variety to the season, so you're not always doing the exact same thing. You clear a bunker, legendary lost sector, the public event space, grinding the bounties for the bunker. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you're doing. It keeps it from getting too monotonous because uh, I do think the public event is a, bit, is a little bit of a disappointment. So this was a nice ad. Uh, as always, we're going to transition to question and answer. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that follow my talk about legendary lost sectors. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm usually live right now uh, whenever I'm streaming these hit the feeds. If you're wanting to listen to these as podcasts, look for SNTR Presents on all the podcast platforms. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, comments, all those things help me out as well. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. I want to give myself time to get ready for split screen. That's something that I've launched on my channel. I cover trials every week uh, on the split screen desk and that's something that I want to make sure I have time to get ready for so I'm going to try and go kind of quickly here Uh, thankfully you guys didn't go crazy with the questions just yet while we were working on a replay feature for split screen T-Funk says do you think legendary lost sectors is a step in the right way or just a boring way to remake content how can they use this idea to expand on other parts of the game 
what I said in my video is this is a good start, right? This is a good start. It's not, obviously, it's not really all the way done yet. It's their first kind of idea, probably in foray, into saying, well, let's take smaller pieces of content, make a delta, shove some champions in there, and there's a robot that walks around and kills stuff, as well as Valkyrie, you know, uh, the Valkyrie um, javelin. So for me, I think that this is a step in the right direction, but we haven't actually landed. I, I think that there's more that could be done, but I think... I was more speaking when I said more to be done on the logistics. Maybe add some matchmaking. Maybe add some more mechanics. Uh, you know, do do more to it. Um, I don't think the it's a reskin or it's boring. I just don't buy into that criticism. I don't know what Bungie can create for people to not say that anymore. You know, it's like, as I said in my video, how many people are consistently even running these Lost Sectors? Or maybe they do it to Adventures next season. How many of you are consistently running Adventures and Lost Sectors so you could actually say, oh, I'm sick of this content, right? Like, maybe you could say that about Strikes. I could definitely see people saying that about Strikes. I would resonate with that. But there are so many Adventures and there are so many Lost Sectors that we barely ever touch. And as I said in my video... If you're going to insist upon this philosophy and ideology of, if it's repurposed, I'm going to criticize it. And Bungie's like, okay, we're sorry. We'll do all new Lost Sectors and call them Legendary Lost Sectors. You would have gotten, I would think, quantitatively less of them to this season. They would have done one or two, maybe just one per bunker. And then the irony there is you're getting mad about repurposed content. You would have gotten less content. And then if you would have gotten just one Legendary Lost Sector per bunker, you'd be like, I'm sick of this Legendary Lost Sector. It's the same stupid thing every day. But the fact that they go back and they kind of repurpose something that they already have, they're able to give you more on a quantitative like ritual daily thing of clear the bunker run legendary lost sectors for a little bit then you can go run the public event then you could work on bounties so you know to, to level up the bunker kind of going through a variety of activities i think people focus too much on their ideology and their philosophy about game design which is usually informed by no information or data it's just there oh no it should be new no more reskins bungie and it's not informed by anything else i mean look at the look at the anger over what Dylan said about ritual weapons. There's a question we're going to get to in a little while about that that I saw submitted in chat. Like, it, the minute they open up and are honest about the fact that, like, we, if we do this, we can't do that. If, if we build A, B, and C, you know, D, E, and F are going to fall by the wayside. That We only have so many things we can do in a given season, in a given, in, in, in a given development cycle every three months, and that means certain things are going to get repurposed. So, I think Legendary Lost Sectors are fine. Like, I... The demand from the consumer at this point has reached a point where you're almost muting yourself when everything they put out, you use the same cliche criticisms. It's almost like, well, I mean, are you, do you even like the game anymore? I mean, I don't even, you know, why would you even play if it's this easy for you to get angry? There's, there's what, 10 public space areas, how many, 17 strikes, uh, how many adventures, how many lost sectors? They're just supposed to leave all that stuff derelict and dead? Or should they repurpose it and get more use out of it so the game doesn't just lie there dead in the can like, well, we gave you Sundial and everything else was the same. Like, I don't know. Combing over the game just makes way more sense to my brain. Parasito says, Could Legendary Lost Sectors be opening the gateway to more difficulties? If so, should that be match made? I, it depends on how high you go. I think as they stand right now with no darkness zone, no wipe, 
and they're only a thousand power they could have been match made but you have to set a minimum power entry you got to get to like i would say 981 or 980 before you can go in i don't want to drag some 930 player through a thousand level legendary lost sector because they're just trying to get free loot so if you're going to add matchmaking to something like this you have to set an entry point power level so they can't just go in and ruin somebody else's day uh, and then they could do increased difficulty without matchmaking, like you're insinuating, Paris. Sir uh, Daichi, do you think legendary lost sectors should have light level selector like strikes? That's related to the last question. They could get there, but again, they've got to do more, I think, on a ground level initially, just to let people probably matchmake into them. Uh, DeWitt, should they add more difficult mechanics to legendary lost sectors? I like the idea of something that feels like end game design for solo players. Dude, if you go in there under the Delta, I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty tough. You dragged a 960. Right, and you did that as my friend. Somebody matchmaking isn't going to want to sign up for that. Like, you did it willingly and knowing what you were signing up for. If you're just trying to matchmake and have a good time, you don't want to drag an anchor behind you. Um, so with more difficult mechanics or it feeling like endgame, there's champions, it's tough, it's narrow, it's compact. You have to work within what they have. I think they've added about as much as they could to a lost sector before it gets absurd. Clouseau says, What do you think of the new elite heavy frames? I feel that they are a key addition and they bring a huge help to the lost sectors without being too overpowered. I think what's in their favor is they're kind of dumb and they're short. Like, they're not super smart. They're ob- they're like the loader bots from, from you know, Borderlands. They're just, they're kind of stupid, but they get the job done. They're definitely a good aggro draw. And they also have a, you know, a huge health bar. And then when they explode, then it kind of clears the room. I think they're great. I think that's more in the action MMO feel. It's not just us using our guns and our abilities. Now we've got summonable things. I could see them letting us put turrets down. I could see them letting us summon some type of vehicle. Uh, I could see them doing more along these lines with some of the bigger, more open areas. I also think there's other things they could bring back. Scorch cannons could be in, in some of these to summon and use relics there's there's always relics a relic like the one in the templar fight that can shield and shoot stuff bringing a relic to this kind of encounters would be fun it would make it feel more unique like oh i want to run the relic this time or oh let me get in the tank or oh let me grab the scorch cannon siva charges would be good i mean we throw a lot of balls but we don't throw them at the enemies i miss siva charges siva charges were kind of fun you know you you'd throw them at uh throw them at the enemies the balls where you throw them back and forth and they get stronger that might be frustrating in a match made environment but still I think they could do more like that you know I think the, the heavy elite frames are pretty dope uh, Gilded Aegis hey Lono thoughts on a daily legendary lost sector selectable from the director similar to the essence of the daily story mission I mean this is what they've done homie I mean you go to the, the to the bunker and there it is and I think that works just fine you go down to the bunker you grab your bounties you grab your dailies you clear the bunker and there's a legendary lost sector I think it's totally fine it doesn't need to be selectable from orbit I mean the public event should be selectable from orbit and should be match made I don't think this needs to be selectable from orbit it could be like the forges if you want I mean there's a reason to go down in the bunker there was no reason reason to drive back to the forges right there's actually a reason to drive down to the bunker to get your dailies and your repeatables so it's not odd to make you drive down there it was odd to make me drive all the way back to the Burguzian forge just to press x and match make me so that was the right change for the forges but i'm not going to try and push that on on a, you know the, the the rest of the game iron lord with with a gotta be here moment are you okay with it leaving or would you prefer legendary lost sectors to stay or would you prefer them to make new areas for lost sectors I I would like it to leave and here's why 
I think this is the first taste of a thematic reinvigoration of a core activity. Think about it. It's thematic with this scene. The, uh, I'm sorry, this season. The frames are in there. The javelin is in there. It's down inside a bunker. Like, it feels like this season. This is the first sort of iteration on what Luke Smith talked about in his director's cut. Next season, it'd be cool if they did Legendary Adventures. And then whatever's going on that season, you could have those things present in the adventures. That keeps things fresh. And this is where I think people are going to start to see, and they'll criticize it, I'm sure, but they'll start to see maybe some of the wisdom in what I've been preaching for years, which is go back and come over and repurpose, reinvigorate old content. It's already built. The enemies are there. The rooms, the, the structures are there. Add stuff to it. That's easier than creating brand new adventures, brand new legendary lost sectors. There were so many subs that came in during the tech support thing that we were doing. I am so sorry. Clown Slick with 500 bits. Got Sauce with 26 months. The Inquiry with 11 months. Two months from uh, Trill Bill Mode. I'm Pones with 7 months. 6 months from Dredging uh, Your Rose. 10 months from Globes. 9 months from Wounding Cheney. Thank you guys all for those resubs. I apologize they didn't get called out. We were doing some tech support for the recording for Split Screen. T-Funk. After playing a few times, do you still see it as aspirational content? Here's where I think people need to remember that aspirational content is not always enduringly difficult. Sometimes it's just out in the distance, and you have to remember it may not be out in the distance for you, but it might take the general public in Destiny about a month to get to where they feel comfortable with grinding a legendary lost sector. Beating it is one thing. Barely surviving is one thing. Going through and grinding it, I think, is, is is something that's not going to be happening for a lot of folks. We are in the minority, so aspirational content doesn't mean it is always difficult, always challenging. It means it's something to aspire to. I believe that it is achieving that. It's tough. There's champions. It's a thousand power delta. Until you've unlocked the robot and the javelin, it's actually really difficult if you're not really playing, you know, at, at the delta so those are benefits you get from the bunker getting to a thousand power like those are things leveling up the bunker to where the legendary lost sector feels faster because of the robot and the javelin and getting to a thousand power that's not something the average player is doing in the first week it's going to take them two to three weeks to do that that's totally fine I think it's totally fine it's aspirational it's out on the horizon is something for them to work toward which is precisely why the entrance level content shouldn't have been 980 because of the way they structured this call me Robs with a brand new sub enjoy your dope badge emotes and your ad free viewing three months from Kirian thank you and then Scott the dude with 32 months thank you very much uh, I gotta reset Streamlabs because that one didn't hit Streamlabs uh, it didn't hit my dashboard thank you Scott the dude for renewing though Remorse91 with a long one here hey Lono I really enjoy Legendary Lost Sectors I'm thinking things uh, I like making things difficult uh, through power and champions instead of just awful modifiers as a true way that could make things but enjoyable see the front half of your question is just man, we don't always need that do you think that they could implement a similar philosophy into the other activities I find Nightfall's enjoyable to farm but yeah I mean we've already kind of covered this I, we don't need to re- retread what I said in the video and to somebody else already um, I think applying this philosophy to other pieces of content could be good Palms. I like the idea of legendary lost sectors but I feel weak when trying to solo because I have to use two primaries uh, for the mods uh, just to beat the champions which feel more like bullet sponges do you think that they need to repurpose the champion mod system I mean this is probably answered by matchmaking more than completely re- re- re-evaluating uh, the champion mod system <coughs> 
excuse me, you're going into an environment that just isn't, <coughs> excuse me, it's not built for that, right? It's not built for you to solo. Enemy saturation, power required, damage required. I get what you're asking for, but they don't need to repurpose the champion mod system because you feel like running something solo. Do you understand what you're doing? That would be like Glad and Chevy saying, well, we're trying to two-man the raid and this mechanic's not working quite right. Bungie, can you re-engineer this raid mechanic for us? Like, you're going into a legendary lost sector by yourself and being like, oh, they should re-engineer this because I'm playing by myself. No, you should be saying, can I get some matchmaking, please? Like, can I, please? Like, (laughs) could I get some matchmaking? Because I can't, I can't do anything. Like, I'm by myself. That, that would be my feedback. I, I don't think it's proper feedback to play in a way that it's not designed and then ask for an entire thing to be re, you know, reevaluated. Shock uh, uh, Reef. So with the main focus on the new season, what in your opinion should happen with Gambit? Should it stay? Gambit cannot be removed. I wish it never would have been added. I think it's a huge drain on, on, on the game. I don't think they should have ever done it. I think all that bandwidth could be allocated to something else. Whenever they finally do have to reinvigorate Gambit, I'm gonna, it's going to be kind of annoying because we're going to know deep down that's a ton of bandwidth that went to something else. Um, you know, Dylan indicates on Reddit that they, they couldn't do rituals because of, you know, doing trials weapons. What the frick do you think is going to happen when they have to reinvigorate Gambit? You're going to lose so much bandwidth to that, and I'm going to be that, I'm going to be grumpy. I don't think it's worthy of it. I, I don't think it's good enough content uh, to suck bandwidth away from other core activities and other, you know, mainstay meat and potatoes activities. The main, the, the main core of the community is just not engaging with Gambit, and... I know some people are going to look at Trials of Osiris numbers and be like, well, they bought, brought back Trials and it appeals to minority. You know, why, should, why shouldn't they do that with Gambit? I just don't think Gambit's the same as Trials. Trials is an iconic game mode that brings prestige. It brings viewership. It's, there's more to Trials than what Gambit could ever bring. Um, so... I, I just, it's, the frustrating thing about Gambit is, is if they ever try to revisit it or reinvigorate it, it's another big gigantic dice roll. I don't think you're going to win the majority of the community over to it, so when you're doing $10 seasonal content that should be aimed at the majority of the player base, and you focus on Gambit, that's a gigantic gamble, because people might be like, I hate Gambit, I'm not playing that season, I'm not buying that season. Look at the player base numbers, like, it does okay, but it certainly doesn't do well enough to carry a season. I mean, be honest. Even if you like it, I think you have to be honest about that. It doesn't do well enough to carry the season. It's just, I don't know. It's not even gambit hate. It's just basic numbers. If you look at the last couple of days, okay, so this morning it says gambit was 234,000 people out of 1.3 million, okay? 1.3 million play, and less than a quarter are playing Gambit. Less than a quarter, okay, are touching Gambit. That is not a big enough portion of the player base to say, all right, this season we're really going to do a lot to reinvigorate Gambit. I mean, no, don't do that. We need Strikes reinvigorated. We need Zavala and Shaxx reinvigorated. Crucible reinvigorated. The Planetary Space is reinvigorated. We don't need Gambit reinvigorated. 
Gambit, if it was just a PvE activity, they'd be in a prime position to treat it like Escalation Protocol, or Blind Well, or The Forges, or Adventures, or Lost Sectors, and it could be reinvigorated as a piece of PvE content, but it's not. It's PvP in disguise. So it's like if you reinvigorate it, guess what? The PvP players are going to slowly drift away from Gambit and play Trials. So Gambit's going to slowly lose even the people that played Gambit as a more PvP-minded player. They're going to start drifting away from it because now they have an endgame PvP activity. I don't know. I just... I don't think Gambit pulls in enough people every day to warrant reinvigorating it. It's, that's not hate. Those are just the facts. You got a you got 1.3 million people playing every day and a teeny tiny portion of the community is touching Gambit. You can't make a season for those people. You're going to lose money. I mean, as from a, biz, from a business perspective, you will lose money if you do that. If you take that approach to a season. After already admitting that Season of the Drifter was one of their weakest seasons. Like, I don't know. Trials is on the weekend? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll concede that. Uh, Billy says, A trending topic on Reddit states, I feel like Destiny as a franchise is on the back burner for Bungie. What are your thoughts on that opinion? I personally hope they are still planning on a D3 or at least look uh, to push the franchise further. This again is a trending topic and an upvoted thing on Reddit that is absolutely inaccurate okay i'm gonna try and be nice because i want to say it's brain dead and stupid and mindless it's thoughtless easy clickism that's what i want to say but i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna try and be nice even though i don't think reddit deserves it a lot of the times that just sounds like a super super inaccurate thing to state look at the way that d1 ended we got way less content way longer droughts okay and and that led to destiny 2's launch okay Right now, we're getting more content, more loot. We have more loot, more places to go, more things to do at a quicker rhythm rhythm and interval than we ever did in Destiny 1. But your conclusion is that it's on the back burner. Like, come on, man. It's clearly on the back burner. Uh, uh, what What do you mean, back burner? You, so in your mind, the back burner is greater greater and quicker rhythm of content, more content, more loot on a more regular basis than we ever got in Destiny 1. That's the back burner for you? Like, I don't know what the frick people are talking about. Like I said, it's just thoughtless, easy clickism. I can't be nice. That's all it is. They throw that out and they know Destiny haters and unhappy curmudgeons are going to be like, click, 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 upvote, 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 upvote. And then if you try and challenge them, you're going to get downvoted. You're going to get called a bungee shill, a bungee apologist. All these mindless drones come to my YouTube channel all the time. They all say the same garden variety, thoughtless, no intellect, no logic criticism. This is a bad season and you're just a bungee shill. I can't believe you would defend this stuff and it's like wow man you are you are just drenched in intellect and and thought and reason and logic it's so hard to stand against so hard to stand against your your strong argument of insults like wow it's just thoughtless easy clickism is all it is quality over quantity you're dreaming lord of time when we played when we played taken king people did the same thing they got two months out from taken king they're like there's nothing to do what do you mean quality over quantity taken king didn't last for a whole year because it was drenched in quality it was the same thing we're doing now blitzing the content and complaining about nothing to do the same thing with rise of iron the exact same thing happened with rise of iron it was i don't know it, it it again 
It again feels like just thoughtless, easy clickism. There's no thought behind it. I just feel like it's on the back burner. And then when you quantitatively measure the rhythm of content, the rhythm of updates, they're doing more now to this game faster than they ever did in D1. Did they ever disable a weapon immediately or an exotic immediately in Destiny 1? Did they ever do that? Were they ever rolling out patches at this interval? Like, every other week, there's a hotfix to address things? Now, I will grant you that the game is in a rough spot right now. Lots of error codes, lots of disconnects, lots of issues. That's probably because they're giving and taking away more content than they ever have, and it's creating instability. But, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you could say that it's on the back burner. Harpua, Lono, I'm loving the new Legendary Lost Sectors. It brings me back to D1 and the ritual of daily heroic missions. Do you think heavy frames are too powerful in these Lost Sectors? I don't think so. They're kind of dumb. They're not alive for very long, and it's meant to be fun. I don't think it's meant to be like... I don't think Legendary Lost Sectors are meant to be like a raid. It's not like you're calling in, you know, standby for Titanfall, and then all of a sudden a Titan drops into a raid or something. Nine months for Big Mad Mo. Thank you. Dark Skinzo. Do you think Bungie's goal of creating an overarching narrative is being counteracted by the lack of proper campaign and the overly emphasized seasonal activities? Um, I'm going to lightly agree with you here. We never got an explanation for why Sundial's gone. We never got an explanation for where the Frick Osiris went. You got to read lore on the Bungie website for that. I think they, they're... If... I'm going to be, and the reason I'm going to be light about this is this is their first attempt at doing it. So I'm going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to be brutal here, but they're not passing the baton very well. The baton pass from season to season hasn't gone that great. So from season of undying to season of dawn, it was literally, you've been busy. Like that was the handoff. It was Osiris taking notice of us building a, a, a gate and killing the undying mind. Like that was literally the handoff <laughs> was, was him showing up and saying, you've been busy. Okay. The handoff from this season to next season was a cutscene where Osiris goes in and confronts Rasputin and then we have no idea what happened after that we got to read lore on Bungie and then all of a sudden we're in the new season and it's Anna Bray and Zavala finding out that the Almighty is being jettisoned toward the tower or the new the news uh, the last city so I will say that the baton is being passed off better than it was in the past there was literally no baton pass in the in, in in previous seasons. It was just Ada, then Drifter, then Opulence, and there was zero freaking connection. At least now it's like we're doing this thing. There's Vex invasions. We're shutting it down. Undying Mind gets stopped. That gets Osiris's attention. He shows up, says he needs help with something. We help him. Saint Fourteen's in the tower. Saint Fourteen ushers in trials. Osiris is all of a sudden like, I gotta go confront Rasputin. He confronts Rasputin. All of a sudden, we're working with Rasputin and we're doing all this stuff with Rasputin like that is a far better passing of the baton we need to give them credit there's a significant better passing of the baton and they've looped all the way back to the almighty which is in the beginning of the game I actually think the story the the, the trajectory of the story is actually pretty freaking good there's just been some sloppiness in the passing of the baton it feels a little forced I'm not going to get mad about that Luke Smith probably said listen you guys have got some good story elements here you got to tie them together you gotta tie these things together. What what the frick is going on? Why would we suddenly be doing this and not that? Um, so I actually would say, in the history of the game, this is probably the best time ever with story with story seamlessness. It's been a, it's been a bit of a seamless experience and a bit of a seamless story. Um, the only other time it was ever really connected was when Oryx showed up because we killed Crota, and that was kind of concocted out of thin air. I mean, that wasn't even the original story plan. So, I think it's good. I think it's good, but it could be better. You know, six months from TSEF. Thank you. Mr. Gravity, 
Dylan recently said on Reddit that there are now there are no new pinnacles because quote it's a tricky balancing act as pursuit weapons come at the cost of the general rewards allocated for alternate activities legendary weapons for trials as an example I find the balancing act excuse pretty pathetic when we know that the Eververse will be fully stocked with new stuff every season thoughts I mean Mr. Gravity you have to know what I'm going to say here the bandwidth that is allocated to the Eververse is not taking away from the developmental bandwidth of creating weapons. The weapon team is the weapon team, and they're allocated so much bandwidth to prepare for a season. They've got to create, test, and execute on a certain number of weapons. The number of weapons we got in Season of Dawn, somebody looked it up, and the number of weapons we got this season are virtually equal. It's almost the exact same amount of weapons, all right? bringing back the Trials Destiny 1 weapons was honestly probably more complicated than bringing back the Curse of Osiris Forge weapons that they brought last season because those guns were already in the game they just needed to be tweaked they were already working within their respective archetypes frames and they needed to be turned into a random rolled moddable weapon that's all they had to do with those weapons they had to literally bring D1 weapons into Destiny 2, create them brand new, make sure they're right, because the archetypes, the stats, all of that's different now. There's also the present sandbox that they have to land in and function within that present sandbox. So, when the weapon team has to do that, look, it's predictable. The number of weapons we got last season is basically equal to the number of weapons we got this season. Why? That's roughly the bandwidth they have, okay? It's roughly the bandwidth that they have. And because of that, you can't inject the Eververse into this discussion. Somebody making emotes, ghost projections, gun ornaments, and sparrows, that guy is not being taken away from the weapon team. Hey, Steve, we know you're great at making amazing weapons. Bang up job on that ritual weapon, man. It was so awesome. People absolutely love the delirium. We're going to take you off the weapons team. Um, you're an engineer and a developer that's that's been vetted and hired to build. We know that you've got a res- you know, really great resume. We're going to take you over here, and we need you to make cosmetics. That's not freaking happening. When you hire somebody who is qualified as an engineer, as a developer, as a coder, as someone who can make a weapon, test the weapon, that person is not going to get taken from that to create cosmetics. They hire people to create cosmetics, creating, for example, an emote. That's somebody who understands 3D rendering and movement of a character. That's not the same as somebody who can create a weapon, test a weapon, come up with cool perk ideas. It just, I don't know. It's fair to assume the Eververse resources could be used for cosmetic pursuits elsewhere, but not weapons or content. Now, that is probably the only thing I will table and admit is right. I think Bungie made a mistake with the Eververse this season, and I believe that we should let them know that these items in particular, the Blind Fury ornament, Mercurial Affliction, and the All-In ornaments, these are Trials ornaments for sale in the Eververse. I think that was an enormous mistake. These should be put in the flawless chest and maybe you can sell these that's fine these ornaments should also then exist on all of the legendary weapons you can get from the flawless chest and that's where they should be this is probably the first time i feel like they've really they've really swung wrong here especially 
especially after Shadowkeep, when they admitted they were going to reevaluate thematic cosmetics being in the Eververse. There was a ship that looked like the Crimson Keep, there was the Harpy Shell, there was the Sparrow that looked like the Divinity, and that, I think, was legitimate criticism. This stuff has no business in the Eververse. It's clearly built for activity sources. Stop doing this, okay? So, you can call me a Bungie shell and apologist. I'm going to call Bungie on this. I'm like, can you quit freaking doing this? You can put cool... Da- you can put this kind of stuff in the Eververse all dadgum day. It's just some goofy-looking, NASA-looking, cool sparrow called Lunatic's Legacy. You can put ornaments in here for weapons. You can put armor set ornamentation in here. All you freaking want. You can put Amalon sparrows in here for freaking days. Trader Joe's... You can do this as much as you want. You start putting in thematic, thematic ornamentation that is tied to the season, and I believe you deserve the criticism you get when you do that. I think Bungie needs to stop loading the Reddit critics' guns for them. Stop giving them ammunition to criticize your Eververse. It's real simple. I mean, now listen. The pushback might be, Bologna, when we brought the Black Spindle as the Whisper of the Worm, and we had those ornaments... That was a thematic ornament. Whisper shows up, awesome mission, get the Whisper, and we sold the ornament. That ornament paid for content. Why? Well, because tons of people probably bought it. So from a business perspective, they might push back on what I'm saying and be like, yeah, but you know, from a thematic standpoint, I mean, we'll take it on the chin. We'll take the criticism because it's going to generate revenue for future content. And the outbreak perfected the colony in the the Ace of Spades are not super common in the crucible right now they kind of picked weapons that are you know oh that's cool that's nice i can kind of get in the mood for trials but those weapons aren't really showing up in the crucible right now i would say i would say they need to take that theme those ornaments look dope those should just be in the legendary i'm sorry in the in the flawless chest for all the weapons so you could make your fusion rifle and everything else look really cool and look real shiny and look different because you went flawless now bungie again might push back and say lono we did that we did it to the point that even your outbreak will look different if you have this ornament on it's gold and when i go down here and i put on the uh i don't have it with me the trials flawless ornament i'm sorry uh the, tri- the trials flawless emblem actually does like the red effect so let me put this on let me pull this out I'm gonna go down here and they're probably gonna push back and say we did create a flawless only ornamentation for the weapons because I'm gonna be honest the red's pretty hot red and gold right there is pretty dope and then any other trials weapons that you equip also get that effect Uh, I don't have the fusion rifle on me right now so I mean Bungie again might push back and say we did a flawless only ornamentation for weapons they can glow red blue or gold if you go flawless so I this is why I don't like pull a bazooka out and be like, Bungie, this is ridiculous. This is highway robbery. I don't get all hyperbolic about it. I think they probably should have thought twice about what they did because they, they know people are, aren't happy about thematic ornaments being in the Eververse, but they're also trying to pay the bills and fund future content. And if the Eververse is doing well when they do that, I, you know, th- the question would be, can we get a little love in these other areas? But back to the original question. The idea that the Eververse gets attention, but then you didn't get three rituals, and then you want to blame the Eververse. It is a logical fallacy. That is a non-sequitur. That non-sequitur means it does not follow, okay? So when it, when Dylan says, 
we only can make so many things because of bandwidth, right? It does not follow that you can then turn and look at the Eververse and be like, yeah, but what about the Eververse? You got people doing that. It's logically bankrupt. They do not have people on that team that could suddenly be brought over to the weapon design team. And even if they could, that doesn't mean it could be properly tested and gotten prepared and ready because you would not just be able to like yank somebody from another department, even if they could make weapons, which I don't think they can. You got to make them. Now you've given more guns and more testing to the testing team. Again, they only have so much bandwidth as well. So much rambling. If you don't like my content, I don't give a frick if you leave. I don't even recognize your name next question from Harpua what do you think about having daily modifiers in the legendary lost sectors and or daily bunker buster I mean I could get behind that I could definitely get behind the idea of making them feel a little bit more lively um you know you've been following me for 10 days yeah like I give a frick what you think about my content you know I don't necessarily know if I want to go down to modifiers though I'll be honest, Arpua, I get nervous about modifiers because of their execution in the game up to now has been pretty unfun. Um, I, they're so negative. They're so... They're, 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 I, I believe that they're, they're, they're negatively impacting the content. I'm not enjoying myself when there's lots of negative modifiers. So when you're like, ooh, what about some modifiers? I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe. What kind, though? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. Maybe some burns. Because, like, you know, today when I went to do strikes, what did I do? I'm on my hunter, and I was like, ooh, I wonder if it's Solar Brawler. And it wasn't. I was kind of bummed. Why? Because Solar Brawler is really fun on Way of a Thousand Cuts with Ophidius Spade. I'm just constantly being able to throw blades, you know, knife trick the whole time. It's really, really fun. WD Prescott. As a solo player, I actually like the Legendary Lost Sectors. It gives me something hard to do. Do you think a way to implement the idea of difficulty spectrum could be done with just Legendary Lost Sectors and Adventures, but campaign missions, quests, and such? Yeah, we've already discussed this. You you must not have been here. I did say I believe they could expand this to other activities as well. So, yeah, listen. I know people are going to get on me on my YouTube comments like, I don't know why you feel the need to roast people, man. Listen, if you're going to listen to my content, you have to accept the fact that live fire environments is going to have troll roasts. We ignore, you know, 80 trolls before I finally bop one across the face. So if you don't like that, you don't need to get preachy in my YouTube comments. Like, I don't answer to self-righteous soapboxers either. Like, I don't care if you think it's beneath me to roast a troll. I like it. It's a nice troll deterrent. Nobody likes to be the butt of a joke. You know, it's something that I've done for a while. So I don't, I don't make my content to the, to the fiddle that you want to play in my YouTube comments when you feel that I shouldn't respond to trolls. Uh, XKPG. Did Lost Sectors come out today or if so? Well, every day there's legendary Lost Sectors in the bunker just rotates. There's three for the Earth one. J- uh, Jockerman. Or Jockerman. I like legendary, legendary Lost Sectors, but I don't think that, that they should be match-made. I think that they're like semi-aspirational. It's more interesting to run them with friends, so it would be more fun. Matchmaking does not hinder your experience if you like running them with friends. Okay? This is something I've never understood about people that are like anti-matchmaking. I am anti-matchmaking in certain pieces of content for different reasons than the ones that you're providing, right? If you have people that you like running the content with, there be... It, the presence of matchmaking is not suddenly going to disallow you from playing with your buddies. Like, this is always a weird feed piece of feedback that we get. Now, again, 
I am against matchmaking in certain environments. Really, really hard nightfalls and raids. Um, I don't think those are good environments for matchmaking. And again, you can always do the firewall thing. You can always say, if you really, really, really want to play solo, that's fine. But your line of thinking here is just bizarre to me. It's like, you can continue playing with your friends. If they add matchmaking, it just helps out the solo player, right? So... Now, I don't know if this was in your mind, Jockerman, but if you were like, dude, I'd like to run solo every once in a while, that's why I do think the firewall option is a good option, because if you're just like, no, I'd rather take a crack at this on my own, I'm a thousand and five, I can work on bounties while I'm in there, you know, I I just want to be by myself, I I would say that that would be totally fine, you know, that'd be totally fine to give you that option, but bringing matchmaking shouldn't hurt your experience at all. Damon Gaming do you think Bungie gives us too much loot too soon I know that this might sound like a silly question but my vault is constantly sitting close to full with potentially two more years in Destiny 2 kind of what kind of solution should we expect here's my hope for September okay if you remember when Shadowkeep launched we did an auto cleansing auto pruning it was a self inflected prune and a self inflecting a self inflected inflected inflicted a self-inflicted pruning (laughs) too many words that we did we just started just dismantling armor that wasn't armor 2.0 so my hope would be in september when they begin and institute the idea of sunsetting they would also bring humongous changes or at least significant changes to the weapon system so you do a self-initiated pruning of the weapons now somebody might be frustrated by that and be like well i have a lot of really great roles that i kind of want to hang on to there might be a bounty for you know hand cannon and and, and void and headshots and i may want to be able to run my kindled orchid when that rolls around i don't want to get rid of it i think another good solution that would come to this would be you being able to store a role in collections um because those are just data points that you wouldn't you wouldn't literally need the weapon to be in a vault you would be storing the role the data points of the role is literally just text zeros and ones so when i store that data point of that that kindled orchid it's not in my vault it's not in my it's not in my inventory but i can go and hold down the button and say please create this weapon for me okay they already have this in place to a degree with static rolled items. Okay? So if you can have the collections at will just spitting out static rolled items, then it stands to reason that they could be able to create a system where I save the roll. I'm again, the difference right now is with your vault is the weapon is literally there almost in a physical sense there is an actual weapon in your inventory that can be drug over and equipped right away this would be different this would be no 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 it's not in the game right now it's not in your it's not in your storage space it's not in your inventory but the data points of the role have been saved so if you ever want to go press the create button you go create that gun for me it spits it out you know cuz a year down the road you're just wanting to show off to your friends or a streamer wants to show off and be like, yo, check out this role I got way back in the day on Kindle Orchid. And they want to pull it out and use it maybe. They want to show it off. Well, that would be there. Because those are trophies for some people. They grinded for days to get the absolute best role on a Kindle Orchid or a Blast Furnace. You know, they grinded for days on that stuff. So the idea that like, 
the idea that like oh you know it'll be too hard we take up too much space blah 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 blah. it's like i think people would be more open to sunsetting and self self-initiated pruning of their vault and of their weapons if they could kind of save them like their trophies or like their you know their fond memories to have it, this thing that i spent hours trying to get think about it my love and death grenade launcher i was obsessed with that thing when shadow keep started i was going and going and going for the god roll love and death grenade launcher and i finally got it it'd be nice to be able to save that and always have it in my collections if i want to pull it out show it off use it you know if they're putting stuff in the public space i mean i can pull that stuff out and use it in lower level content if i feel like it Think about it. We're all everybody's getting all bent out of shape about this, but think about this right now, okay? Right now, the public event space is 980, okay, and the max level is you know, 1010. If I get my way and they stop doing that, and the public space events that they come into the game like this are not that high level, a sunset weapon could still be viable, like a Wendigo or something that you think is useful in the new content, a sword or what have you, or a love and death. So there could still be reasons to keep those weapons or like those weapons because there could be new content basically that says, hey, here you go. There's there's content that you can play at any level. It's brand new. It's part of the seasonal format. It's grindable. You're going to want to grind it and you can use some of your older weapons. Kasami. Do you think grinding legendary lost sectors is kind of obsolete? Sorry, it's kind of obsolete since you already get the stat armor from the season pass. I don't have any reason to play lost sectors uh, since I have the season pass complete, basically. I don't think you understand what legendary lost sectors are for. Once you're at level, if you're running them and working on your bounties from your bunker, you're getting Warmind bits, which is a huge, huge help to leveling up the bunker, which is good for your uh, for your grind, for getting the weapons and getting rolls on the weapons. I think you have a fundamental misunderstanding of why legendary lost sectors are there. Uh, Mark, our Mac, Mac says, what do you think about these connection issues with Destiny since the season came out? It really needs addressed. It's pretty bad. Hopefully they can do something very soon. I've been frustrated by it quite a bit. I feel Legendary Lost Sectors are a great addition. Would you like to see them uh, in a similar way with future seasons or a full suite upgrade to all Lost Sectors? This is why I had the idea of the Seasonal Strike playlist. Um, 11 months from WY81, NC Moose with 44 months, 10 months from Ace at it. Thank you or Ace did it uh, the seasonal strike playlist was the idea that like they could have four strikes a season that are featured in the seasonal strike playlist that are cool, they're different, there's modifiers there's all this crazy stuff going on and when they do that you run them for that whole season and then the next season it rotates to other se- other strikes that's why this thing with Lost Sectors is so smart because by the time the season's over you're going to be kind of sick of the quarry and some of the other ones and then next season if they do more Lost Sectors or adventures it's a whole new batch of content you haven't really been touching that's why the reskin argument is just so frustratingly dumb you're barely touching the content they end up reskinning and repurposing nobody right now is going planet to planet and doing the adventures every day or the Lost Sectors you're not doing it week to week day to day Admittedly, most people haven't touched these lost sectors in months or longer. Same with the adventures, right? I, I don't think so. I gotta hurry here. I don't have a lot of time. 
you think the legendary lost sectors and public events are enough of a seasonal activity to keep us busy in my opinion they're like a two minute content at least to breeze through it seems pretty boring but again you're looking at it in a vacuum two seconds ago you had, you, you basically admitted in another question Kasami you don't even understand the legendary lost sectors purpose and now you're saying that it's just two minutes of boring content you're meant to do open up the bunker grind the lost sector for a little bit as a daily ritual to get some currency then you got daily bounties weekly bounties and repeatable bounties then you have the public space event thing while you're doing all of that you're upgrading your bunker then there's going to be more bunkers on other planets and then you're going to have things to do there you're going to level that one up you're going to have different lost sectors there a different bunker to open up every day it's a daily ritual it, you're looking at it in such a small vacuum it's like yeah if you spend eight hours grinding legendary lost sectors i suppose you would get burned out but wh- that's true of all content in destiny that's true of all content it doesn't matter what you like that would be like looking at any dlc and be like well lono if i only run this one nightmare hunt i'm gonna get bored well of course why would you do that like rotate around do other things right like and listen i know i'm not a big fan of leveling every season but go level go run some milestones you know what i'm saying gear up get a little bit stronger you don't have to but like you know it makes the content go quicker makes the grind quicker makes the currency turnover rate quicker makes you be able to get god rolls quicker you know don't hang out a legendary lost sector all day andy echo I believe every activity in Destiny should have activity-specific loot, including legendary lost sectors. But with sunsetting weapons, how can Bungie pull that off? Well, activity-specific loot is fine. You would grind for it. These two are not mutually exclusive. You can have activity-specific loot. You can have activity-specific loot to a raid or a strike or a vet or, or whatever. Now, your question is, well, what about if it expires? The content goes away. When Luke Smith talked about sunsetting weapons, he also talked about moving away from the idea that content comes in the game and then goes away because they don't really, I don't think they jive together. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, Sir Fartalot, great name. Hi, do you have to equip your highest level uh, to level up faster? No, it sees it as being equipable and that's how it affects your drops. Uh, Game over. Do you think that the encrypted chest should have powerful drops? Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on that. Milo with Dylan saying they can only do trials weapons or ritual weapons not both does that scare you when sunsetting happens no it doesn't if they're roughly giving you like this season was like what 27 weapons and last season was like a rough the same if we're landing around 30 weapons a season I, I don't know like what in the honest to goodness frick like how many weapons do you think they should add every three months I don't know sir Daichi why do you think everyone dislikes Gambit? Personally, it's one of my favorite game modes to play. People like people dislike Gambit because it doesn't feel like Destiny. It is extremely disruptive. Um, it's very, very hard to enjoy. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. It just doesn't feel like Destiny. It feels like a PvP, ma- P- PvP mode in, in disguise. JTX. What if they made Gambit weekend only activity? I don't think that would help at all. Uh, a fluffy rhino how do people want the you had to be there moments but then complain about FOMO I don't see how those two can coexist I don't know if we've really been demanding you had to be there moments I don't know if that's been a big demand from the community I think that was kind of something Bungie wanted to come up with I don't know if we've ever been the ones asking for that people just want loot to chase and stuff to do uh B.S. Paraku what are your thoughts on the current network issues with the game? Uh, we've already had this question. I think they need to do something to improve it. Uh, one dead eye. Do you think Bungie will go back to the primary special heavy slot system for D1? No, they've indicated that that is not where they want to go. They've doubled down with a lot of the newer weapons. They feel that that is a regression. Ecal. Should we be able to unlock all the artifact mods at once at this point? 
Um, I don't think so because of the way that they create them. Paul Tassie's a big supporter of this. I'm worried that that might cause issues, though. I don't know what issues it would cause, but at the very least, resetting it shouldn't cost anything. Uh, JLTX. My last question about Gambit meant to say it would be weekly thing like Iron Banner, maybe. I still don't think that would help it. Thankless work. I know this is small potatoes compared to the real-world consequences we are seeing. Excuse me, but do you think that the fact that Bungie's working remotely uh, will affect summer season content? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Uh, I think they can probably get a lot done, though, remotely. Um, I think it'll it'll slow down meetings and such, but with Skype and Discord, I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways. I wonder if, ironically, this will increase efficiency because they won't have to like get up and physically move to go to meetings. It'll be easier to take notes. I don't know. Meeting digitally might actually help Ah, with efficiency. I think it will affect seasonal content, though, um, with respect to quality testing and bugs, but I don't know if the... I don't want to get Sky is Falling here. I feel like they probably will be able to make up efficiencies in some ways. Uh, Irregular Pentagon. Uh, Couldn't they have at least given us random rolled versions of EP weapons? Uh, I think that they're holding on to EP and other activities like that for something else. Ryan, thanks for writing a book. I'm looking forward to reading War and Peace. Given Bungie said that they have less bandwidth and were overworked on the last yearly pass, do you believe it would be wise to still do seasonal content in the same form as last year, given that it would result in less content? They're not doing that. Seems like it invites comparisons whether they're fair or not, and the results in the content is that it's considered underbaked by some. I get keeping the player base numbers high is important, but maybe the community would have received things better if it was developed more and spread out. Disagree completely disagree the idea here is that i get your premise they're like well they're going to make comparisons to last season because the seasonal format's similar i don't think it's that similar and i think spreading it out would have ticked more people off think about it you're doing the same thing just on the other side of the coin ryan you're basically saying that we set expectations that we're not going to meet you're just doing it in a different way Think about it like this. Right now, you're saying that they set expectations with respect to substance and depth that is not being met by the new annual pass seasonal content, right? And and so they should spread it out. Well, I'm going to come right back at you with your same argumentation. I'm going to say, well, but Ryan, if you spread the content out, you're going to frustrate people because last year you set expectations that we're going to get new seasons, new content every three months. You're doing the same thing. You're just doing it on the other side of the coin. You're going to frustrate player expecta- expectations with respect to content rhythm. And therefore you're not going to have people satisfied. They're going to be complaining. Like, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. And as I've said many times, they're making the same size pizza. If you slice it into eight pieces and I slice it into 12 pieces, it doesn't matter. Less pieces, more spread out or more pieces closer together. It's the same amount of content. Commander Commander Tyke. With sunsetting coming, do you expect Bungie to update raid weapons uh, to where their date ends 9 to 13 months? Uh, it would take a lot of effort at least be, to be a good time to finally update them, intrinsic perks, etc. Yeah, we've already dealt with this many, many times, Tyke, so I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. It's also the last question, and I'm also a little bit pressed for time with wanting to do split screen to cover Trials of Osiris. So, um, I'm going to say this to you. I don't think they're going to have to do much if they pull both systems off properly. 12 months roughly for endgame viability infusion and much better perks, much more exciting weapons. If they can do both, then I don't think people are going to get upset. If they fail to do one, then the system doesn't work. So I'm going to hold Bungie to account on that. You cannot introduce sunsetting if you don't introduce better weapons. You cannot introduce the idea that weapons are no longer endgame viable 12 months later if there's not a noticeable increase uh, in quality. You've got to do both. So... 
that's going to do it for me. We're going to get ready for split screen. If you haven't seen it yet, it's a competitive casting desk for me to cover trials. We've got some great teams lined up. Don't go anywhere. Click follow if you've enjoyed this content. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.